the wrestling podcast about nothing is brought to you by bda radio bda radio doesn't break news they break the news with their wild commentary regarding mma and wrestling head on over to bdaradio.com and check out all of the latest news on the ufc bellator wwe and much more they are proud to be the voice of fans because they are fans themselves bdaradio.com I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. Wrestling fans, there are millions and millions of podcasts out there, but there's nothing like this one. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dimension? This is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Welcome to episode 12 of the BDA Radio exclusive edition of the wrestling podcast about nothing on BDARadio.com and the podcast radio network. I am longtime pro wrestling referee Mike Crockett and I'm joined as always by independent wrestling veteran, the kingpin, Brian Malonis. Hello. Hey, Michael. What's going on? I'm doing well. Yourself? I'm all right. I'm all right. Yeah, you, you got that sub down. You good? Yeah, feeling good now. A little energized. Got some food in me. There you go. Because uh, you weren't really uh, energetic by the end of our podcast this past Monday <laughs> on the uh, New Age Insiders Network. Well, it was two in the friggin' morning, and we had just watched wrestling for seven hours and then talked about it for another hour and a half. So, uh, yeah, it was it was a long day. It was a long day. I won't. It's a labor of love. <laughs> I won't deny that. And. Uh, there were uh, some slight audio issues with the podcast. We apologize for those and uh, assure you that it will not happen again. Uh, really sorry if anyone uh, missed out on anything there. I mean, uh, it was uh, intermittent from... Uh, <laughs> the funniest ones were just sound like you were talking to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, people uh, seem to enjoy it despite... Uh, some uh, technical issues so we thank everyone for listening to us uh this past monday our wrestlemania review on the nai network and of course if you missed this episode or any of our monday episodes you can find them on the new age insiders network just search wpan on your favorite podcast platform you'll see this feed here that you're on right now and also the nai network so you can subscribe there and you can start your week with our original wpan podcast and enjoy all the other shows on the network all week long. Hey, Julian texted me after listening to the podcast. He said he gave us a uh, an eight point three four overall. So, wow, is, it, is there any significance to that number? Well, out of ten, eight point three four. Oh, okay, yes, because he was he was he was uh, rating. Did he come up with that rating himself, or did he steal it from uh, <laughs> a Facebook page? Um, I think it was off the top of his head, just like his other uh, views. Uh, I'm not so sure of that. He uh, had his uh, nose in his phone the entire episode. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, uh, speaking of having your nose in your phone, you watched the Fight TV app. The uh, ROH television episode that you appeared was on the Fight TV app on your phone, on your TV, where you can get the Fight TV app. And uh, you versus Josh the Goods Woods, the top prospect tournament. How did you feel about it once you saw it? Well, it felt good. It felt good. I thought it came across um, as it felt. You know, I think you're never satisfied as a performer, especially when you watch something back. Yeah, I, I was I was, I was, was overall uh, very happy. Of course, I, you know, I have a litany of things I feel like I could have done better, but, you know, such is life. 
But overall felt good. And hey, uh, screw you to Nessen for once again preempting an episode I'm on <laughs> of Ring of Honor television. <laughs> Nessen is the New England Sports Network, and uh, they have the Red Sox games on Nessen. And usually it wasn't they have... Red Sox, though. They preempted for terrible, awful Charlie Moore. <laughs> Horrible. Garbage. <laughs> the Fisherman Show. Ugh, guy is terrible. I don't know how he has a show. He must be like related to somebody at Nesson or something. It's funny though, Brian. It's funny. Not not funny at all. If by funny you mean not funny, if if we're if this is opposite, this is like uh, the episode of Seinfeld called the opposite. Then you're exactly right. <laughs> all right. Well, if you want to see the Kingpin, you won't find him on Nesson, but you can find it on the Fight TV app right now. And today it goes up on ROHWrestling.com. Check out the Kingpin and uh, offer your own critiques. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I was very pleased. I didn't get crushed um, <laughs> on the reviews, the online reviews, like I did uh, on the first match, the first episode I was on. So the internet wasn't quite as angry. <laughs> that's a, that's the internet a good wasn't thing. quite as angry that day, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, today on this podcast, of course, coming up, we've got Merv Griffin time. That's where we get your thoughts and answer your questions plus one more amazing laugh will be immortalized in our heel laugh hall of fame but first up we discuss a different topic each week here on the bda bonus podcast and usually it's voted on by our listeners and followers at the wpan on twitter but this week however we are breaking protocol and we are going to talk about last saturday night's nxt takeover orlando now, Brian Malonis, you watched this. You, you, did you watch this after you came home from APW? Uh, I watched it Saturday morning. Oh, and how was APW, by the way, the return of Atlantic Pro Wrestling? It was great. It was great. Full house. Uh, you know, solid, solid card as always. I wrestled Christian Casanova, uh, one of the up-and-comers out of New England Pro Wrestling Academy. So, yeah, I thought we... Uh, I thought we had a really good match, and uh, you know, I think a lot of Christian. Christian's a guy who I think you're going to start to see break out a little bit in 2017. Uh, had a good talk with him as well on Saturday night, but keep an eye on Christian Casanova. Uh, I guess independent wrestling was alive and well all over the United States uh, this well, past week. <laughs> I think I think uh, that was the only show in New England, and and the guys on the show were probably the only guys, uh, only wrestlers left in New England. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure you guys put on a tremendous show, and uh, welcome back, APW, uh, our friends. Uh, is Big Woody not involved at all? Uh, Big Woody has stepped away from wrestling in general, yeah. So he was, uh, you know, the guys, the you know, uh, Ed and Joe and, and the guys did a great job as always, but uh, Big Woody was definitely missed for sure. And yeah, uh, we're, he's missed here too. We haven't heard from him in a long time. It's, uh, it's too bad. Uh, we heard from uh, Ed every once in a while, but... Not Big Woody. It's uh, it's too bad. I hope he's hope he's doing well out there, wherever he is. Yeah, I actually talked to Big Woody quite a bit, and uh, he's uh, he's very good. I'm supposed to get together at some point for him with him for uh, for lunch in the near future, Mike. So I'll give you the full update when I am actually able to uh, get together with him. All right, great. Well, thank you very much. And uh, so let's get on to the NXT Takeover show from this past Saturday night. Uh, we'll do it how we've usually done it here on the BDA Bonus Podcast. I'll give some categories, and we'll each rank our best for each category. It's kind of like the speed round version of what we do every week here on the BDA Radio Bonus Podcast, just giving our top picks in each category. Uh, before we get to that, though, um, first of all, this is our first opportunity, really, to hear the announcing for NXT since uh, Corey Graves 
graduated to the main roster. We had Tom Phillips, we had Nigel McGuinness, and we had Percy Watson. Brian, what were your thoughts of the announcing on the night? Um, I mean, I, th- I thought it was okay. Uh, Percy Watson, I felt like, was non-existent. Um, I don't know. I feel like he would just go silent for long stretches and then just add like a sentence here and there. Nigel McGuinness is okay. I mean, he does. He he definitely lacks for excitement. Um, Nigel does, uh, and he did a, <laughs> he did a hell of a shell job for Ring of Honor as well. <laughs> Had a little oopsie. <laughs> it did mention Ring of Honor. Yeah, uh, but I thought I, mean, I thought it was fine. I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was bad. I'm not a fan of the three man booth in general. I, I think it's just it's too many cooks in the kitchen. And uh, as much as I miss Mauro Ronaldo on SmackDown, that Jesus, they had moved to a four man. Yeah, I was gonna say you prefer the four man, I guess. Oh my God. Just <laughs> <laughs> you know, just put two guys there and just freaking leave it alone. <laughs> like, how many voices do you need talking at the same time? Just in, in general, I'm not a a, um, a huge fan, anyways, of WWE commentary. Uh, we didn't mention it uh, on on Monday's episode, but what a breath of fresh air Jim Ross was for that Roman Reigns Undertaker match. Yeah. Um, <laughs> good lord! Like actually talking about and calling the action in the ring. Imagine that. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of funny how they have more people in the booth now, and they have them talk less. <laughs> like it's like whenever a big moment happens, they don't want the announcer to speak at all. So there's like so many people out there talking, but they they want them to talk even less than ever before. Anyway, anyway, that's just a <laughs> little, little observation on my part. Uh, the other thing coming out of the show, uh, the new title belts. Every champion uh, that came out of the uh, show with the championship, got a new title belt presented to them. I don't want to get into uh, Mike Mills' possible reason for this, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> we won't talk about that. But uh, Yeah, well, the other belts are a tad unsanitary, uh, so it's time to replace them. I mean, the, uh, I, kind of, I kind of prefer the, uh, maybe it's just uh, that I'm used to it, the original NXT title with the big X for the for the championship but i mean i don't i thought it was gaudy and terrible from the the start but i was just kind of used to it yeah and so now much like the main roster the nxt male top championship and the female top championship uh, are kind of mirror images of each other of course the women's one a little smaller that's kind of uh makes that consistent with the uh, main roster so i guess that was part of the reasoning behind it i'm sure Um, among other reasons that are may or may not be uh be true <laughs> all right uh gross <laughs> <laughs> so of course it was in orlando uh among all the other events going on all week long there um yes there were 797 wrestling shows in orlando florida last week and uh you know who was down in orlando because they all posted about it every 14 seconds <laughs> jealous no, no, we talked about that. Oh, yeah, I'm jealous of the guys who went down there and made money, absolutely. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not jealous of the guys who went down there and lost $500. It's uh, insane. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> All right, so let's get into this, Brian. Uh, first thing we'll talk about now is the entrance of the night. And I think I know what you're going to say. So I'll start this off by picking the uh, other entrance that uh, kind of stood out, which was for the NXT champion, Bobby Roode. They started with uh, dueling pianos, basically two pianos and two uh, female pianists. Uh, just doing I'm the sorry, du- two what? Pianists. <laughs> oh, okay. That's <laughs> STS at the end there. I know what you're saying. Mike. Okay, and yeah, they, they were playing the beginning of uh, Bobby Roode's glorious song, and then, of course, it kicked into the 
actual tune. Bobby Roode, I, I think this was on the last uh, takeover also, but he's on this little platform that spins around and it's kind of cool too. For me, that was a great entrance, but I think, Brian, you are going to give which was actually the best entrance of the night. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess you're looking for me to say Alistair Black. It's funny. I, I thought you were going to Alistair Black and I was going to go with Bobby Roode, but yeah, <laughs> uh, I thought Alistair Black's entrance was uh, was very cool. Um you know, kind of getting raised up on that on that platform, and um, oh, it's like a Darth Vader in the uh, episode three there. Yeah, I was actually thinking more like it was like supposed to be like a vampire type thing, and yeah, a cool entrance. I think the overall presentation of Alistair Black was a bit confusing, but maybe we can get into that later. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's move on to the surprise of the night. What do you think when it comes to NXT TakeOver Orlando? What was the biggest surprise for you? Uh, the biggest surprise to me is funny. Here we go. We're going to get into it now. The Aleister Black match. Um, I thought it was a very strange uh, introduction. I-, I expected kind of like a get-over match. A, something he really dominated and, and showcased um, certain things that he's going to be doing there. And it was a really long match and um, not a bad match, um, but... Certainly, I, I I don't know. I just expect it was it was it was a surprise to me that it was such a long match and not just a kind of one sided get over match for uh, for Alistair Black. Not a bad match by any means, but just just surprised me a bit. I think uh, when it comes to introductions uh, in NXT, I think I harken back. I might have even mentioned this before to Kevin Owens' debut where he opened the show. It was against uh, C.J. Parker, who is now uh, Juice Robinson in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And it was somewhat competitive, but it wasn't... uh, Yeah, not a squash, but definitely something that featured Owens more. Right, right, right. And and yeah, it was almost... uh, Almas showed maybe even almost a little more than Black in this match. Uh, And I think from what I hear and read that like... They have plans for uh, Cien Almas, but I mean, if that's the case, then don't put him in there with a brand new guy you're trying to get over <laughs> from the start. Uh, I, I was surprised in general that there was such a, all the hoopla and, and, and Alistair Black got that sort of debut at TakeOver Orlando and that sort of build up. Because uh, Tommy N certainly, you know, uh, you know, was a hot name on the Indies, but uh, you know, I don't know that he's a guy that like some of the other guys that have come in, like like a Kevin Owens. Uh, who had those big the big build up, or even more recently, Cassius Ono when he showed up, I think had more of a following or more known commodities than than Tommy and slash Alistair Black uh, is and was. Well, I mean, you know, you know, there's a large you know UK European contingent that comes to uh, you know the WrestleMania town for the weekend, so I, I'm sure they were expecting and hoping that there'd be a lot of uh, you know the UK fans over there to really give. Tommy added the you know the warm welcome, and I think that was mission accomplished there. But uh, yes, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens going forward. Um, as for my surprise of the night, I said Asuka retains the NXT Women's Championship. Really? Uh, yeah, I thought that um, you know Ember Moon was kind of the is kind of the successor. She's the next big thing in the women's division. She, I mean, some people's minds the only. Big thing in the women's division besides Asuka. I mean, they really pushed her hard from uh, a take a couple takeovers ago when she made her debut, Ember Moon. And I thought that uh, this would be the time for Ember Moon to take the championship to end Asuka's uh, 
Dominant Reign as the NXT Women's Champion. She's been undefeated since she uh, made her debut. And I thought that they might uh, go with Ember Moon here and uh, really kind of turn this thing up. But I'm not sure where they go from here. Is Asuka not close to Goldberg, right? Isn't she? Isn't her streak close to Goldberg's at this point? I saw something that, like, yeah, she might have surpassed it already. I'm not I'm not even sure. Oh. I don't know. Maybe WWE make a big deal of it uh, on TV. But, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I can't say that I was terribly shocked over Asuka. Um Retaining the only way I figure she would end up losing that belt is if maybe she was going to the main roster. I'm not sure that's happening anytime soon. I mean, from what I heard from the very beginning, she was an NXT property, and that and that's that. But I think I also heard the same thing about Samoa Joe. So that, I mean, that's never set in stone. Yeah, I mean, I think that's always subject to. Right. Do they think they can bring this person up and make oodles of money with them? <laughs> right, right. And if, if the answer is yes, then you will see them on the main roster. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, let's move on to the moment of the night. Uh, all my moments are really basically from one match. <laughs> and we'll probably talk about this a lot uh, as we go through these categories here. I'll pick one. I'll say the superplex to the floor. From, uh, Of course, it was the three-way tag team championship match with uh, Authors of Pain versus The Revival versus Ciampa and Gargano DIY. And it was, I know it was Tommaso. I'm not quite, I'm not sure I remember who the other person was that uh, took the superplex. But uh, it was a superplex from the ropes to the floor onto you know the rest of the competitors in the match. Uh, a big bump, a spectacular bump. A crowd came up huge for it. That's probably the most memorable spot I could think of for the night at uh, NXT TakeOver. What about you? Um, I mean, yeah, again, along the lines of the same match, uh, and I guess I'm kind of cheating because it's, I guess, technically it's more than one moment, but there was the back-to-back kind of spots where, you know, uh, Tommaso and I, I don't remember, uh, I believe I believe it was Dawson, uh, and they did DIY's finishing maneuver. Uh, yes. and then and then Gargano and uh Wilder Dash Wilder did a combination move. I don't know if that's quite the I don't know if it's quite the revival's finish. I don't think they did the shatter machine. Uh, they did, yeah. Oh, they did. Okay. It was so it was yeah. so yeah, so it was that. And I thought that was kind of cool that those teams after the rivalry they've had working together and 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 I, I thought that was just very very creative and I mean that entire match was just superb, but I thought those were kind of I thought that was kind of a, a cool thing to give the fans. You know, the two teams coming together to try to unseat these, you know, ridiculous champions. So uh, let's transition right from there then to the match of the night. Is there any other match? that we, I mean, they're, they're, they're all good matches on this show. The, the five matches, I believe, on this show, they're all good. I, but I think just far and away, it was the, the triple threat tag team championship match that we've been talking about here. Yeah. Do you I, agree with that? Yeah, 100%. That might have been the match of the WWE weekend. You know, that that would have, that would have been right up there with the best match. You know, if they put that on WrestleMania, it might have been the best match on WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean, it could have been the match of the year, I mean, as far as I'm concerned as well. Especially when you, so I mean, you're starting to think about now how inexperienced the authors of pain are. So just, oh my God, unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, just yeah. <laughs> that match was just was just really something. Um, yeah, and all those guys should be extremely proud of it because, again, outstanding. I think I think the match of certainly the two WWE events, um, 
you know, I think I think the best match on either NXT or or WrestleMania. And hopefully, you know, I was I was, I was slightly disappointed to not see DIY be one of the teams that uh, that came up or one of the one of the acts that debuted, you know, on uh, Raw or SmackDown this week. Yeah, yeah, the revival of course made their uh, SmackDown debut uh, on Tuesday, but uh, not Ciampa and Gargano. I mean, originally they were slotted i guess for 205 live i guess we should mention that our our buddy uh biff Busick, oni lorkin made his 205 live debut i'm not sure if that's uh, sticking because i know he's appeared on smackdown before and it was just a one-time deal yeah Tommaso and uh johnny gargano look like they're uh sticking in nxt at least for the time being and uh i mean if they keep on putting on matches like this that's fantastic for the fans i mean it might mean a little less uh, money in their pockets for uh, not making the jump but uh it's great for the fans i say yes <laughs> and what, what would you give for the uh, the runner-up for a match of the night would it be the women's match maybe um I, I think the main event i thought the main event was very good rude and nakamura I don't know. they were all they were all it was a really good show as usual um with nxt um yeah, it's kind of funny just because, you know, you don't hear a ton about the week-to-week show and people say that it's kind of, sometimes it can kind of be uh, repetitive and stuff like that, but re- they deliver uh, 100% every time out with NXT TakeOver and that's kind of the reputation that they've uh, that they've built here for the, the TakeOver specials that's just... Uh, you know, if you sit down and watch one of these things, you will not be disappointed. Well, I think I think too the NXT specials. The one thing they've perfected that they can't seem to perfect with their WWE pay per views is they keep them concise. They feature right. the wrestling, <laughs> and they they let the the wrestlers go out and you know tell an entertaining story, and they give them time to do so. And it's not overproduced generally or overbooked. A lot of the storytelling is done in the ring in the course of the match. Uh, and it's like a, what, a two to two and a half hour show as opposed to three, three and a half, four, five, six hour <laughs> show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at WrestleMania was probably, if you count the pre show, was, was, you know, two and a half times longer than, than NXT TakeOver was. It leaves you wanting more, <laughs> which is usually the point. <laughs> you know, you want to you want to leave your audience wanting more. Just you know, when they're on the cusp of having enough, but they haven't quite had enough. That's when you want to end it. You know, and give them something to crave to come back for. I don't know there that there was a soul alive that watched WrestleMania that when it was done said, you know, oh my God, I just want more. <laughs> you know, it was like. Holy crap, that was long. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, let's wrap this up before we uh, wear out our welcome here. Uh, <laughs> the MVP of NXT TakeOver Orlando. What do you think? Uh, well, well, if I, ta- if I take two of them, do you want the other two? Because I, I think, uh, take your pick. DIY or Revival? Um, or maybe all four. Um, and maybe I'm cheating a little bit, but for them to put on that type of match and then also feature um, the Authors of Pain, who, again, are very inexperienced. Uh, I, I think to put on that type of match with guys that are that inexperienced and uh, I, I think just amazing. And uh, I question how the Revival is ultimately going to do on the main roster, but boy, did they friggin' earn their spot there. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll co-sign that one. I also want to mention Ty Dillinger, who uh, had a spot in the four-on-four uh, opening match and uh, of course he was pinned and then ended up uh, on Smackdown on Tuesday a big part of NXT for a long time and of course extremely popular and uh, of course the reason behind the fans chanting 10 every time uh, a referee makes a count uh, I don't know if that's uh, quite the legacy that uh, I, I 
want per se like the the next it's the next what chant the next annoying uh, chant <laughs> yeah what it's yes a, <laughs> but I mean, it's a testament to the guy it's a testament to uh ty dillinger who's had a number of runs on the roster the of ECW WWE. new talents initiative <laughs> yes so uh congratulations to him for uh graduating and he's been a big part of nxt and uh be interesting to see what happens with him on smackdown Okay, so those are our MVPs of NXT TakeOver Orlando, and that wraps up our discussion on the big show this past Saturday night on the WWE Network. What did you think of NXT TakeOver? Let us know on Facebook, facebook.com slash the WPAN, and Twitter, at the WPAN, and Brian... It is Merv Griffin time, named for your favorite episode of our favorite show. And we're going to talk to you, the listener, right here. And usually we do voicemails over on the NAI network, Brian. Uh, but they would have gotten completely lost in the fiasco that was <laughs> this past Monday. If you want to hear uh, a bunch of people yelling and screaming and talking over each other. Uh, no, it was a very uh, fun podcast. We've heard from a lot of people that uh, really enjoyed it. Check out uh, Monday's podcast, The All Completely Delirious. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was a very long night. The WrestleMania Summit on the New Age Insiders Network this past Monday. Uh, so we had a couple of voicemails. We didn't play them on Monday. So we're going to play them now, Brian. Uh, of course, you know that our voicemail contest is ongoing. The best voicemail we get before April 17th will win our new Curtain Jerker WPAN t-shirt, courtesy of ProWrestlingTees.com. Now, this is the first voicemail, Brian, that was teased on Monday. Let's uh, try to play this for you right now. All right. You did it. You got me angry for one of the first times ever. This is Brian Fury, and I just listened to the WrestleMania Entrances podcast. Man, you guys know how much I love WrestleMania Entrances. It's one of the favorite things WWE does every single year. And obviously, I expected Michael Crockett to leave Triple H off of all of his lists. Because Crockett is a miserable human being, and he doesn't like anything that's original and awesome. The greatest WrestleMania Entrance of all time does belong to Triple H. It was the original version when they used the Metallica song. And that was in one of his matches. I believe it was against uh, The Undertaker. Such an awesome entrance. All the uh, gladiators came out, had the shield, and they opened up to reveal him standing there with the skull crown on. So badass. Um, Malonis chose an Undertaker entrance. Not even the best Undertaker entrance. WrestleMania X7... Houston, the American badass with the motorcycle, in one of the longest ramps, it'll probably be broken this year, in one of the longest ramps of WrestleMania history, just guns it, like 100 miles an hour on that motorcycle straight down there. So badass. Michael Crockett, Bobby Heenan, you know, that's an honorable one, but I thought for sure your favorite entrance was going to be Charles Robinson doing the big, long running the whole way down, being a referee and all, come on. No love for John Cena, who had some decent entrances. My favorite one being the uh, the hundred John Cenas that were lined up the aisle way. Uh, Rusev on the tank was obviously awesome. WrestleMania entrances are the best thing in professional wrestling. And Triple H is the gold standard. Don't forget it, guys. I'm sure he's going to outdo himself this year. Who knows? 
is unsanctioned, so who knows what he'll do? They're going to take the banners down for that match. That's an inside joke. All right. Keep doing the fun podcast, guys, and I will keep listening. Take care. Goodbye. What a suck-up. <laughs> what, is he trying to get a job? <laughs> he's, uh, he's a corporate man now. Oh, my God. (laughs) Brian Fury. Uh, Then do we want to talk about what he means by taking the banners down? Do we want to get this out of the way? We talked about it. I don't think we talked about it on the podcast, did we? Yes. Oh, we did. Yeah, I gave the story on Monday's episode. Are you that delirious? Yeah, I guess I was. (laughs) The Undertaker from WrestleMania X7. American, how can he do an Undertaker address to the American I badass? I prefaced it, too, with a lot of it was the emotion of it or the anticipation of seeing the Undertaker back in the original, uh, you know, Undertaker character. So I stand by my pick. Your pick was a little suspect. <laughs> you should, you, you should be, he should be ashamed of himself. Talking about the American badass for the, the Undertaker's best entrance? You kidding me? <laughs> Holy Moses. <laughs> and, and uh, I mean, Charles Robinson, I, I didn't think of that because it's not exactly. I, I mean, you didn't think of that. It's, Come on. It's, 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 it's stretching the definition of an entrance, <laughs> but uh, obviously it is absolutely amazing. Charles Robinson, I think, was it uh, Undertaker versus Edge? Was it? I, I honestly don't even remember the exact the exact thing. I just remember him running like. A hundred yards <laughs> to the ring. Yeah, and there's that one uh, gif that's out there where they show Charles Robinson running down, and then it's just on a loop. So he's run. He just keeps running and running and running and running and running. <laughs> and he ever makes it to the ring. <laughs> I'll try to find that and put that uh, at the WPAN on Twitter. Brian Fury just uh, with his ridiculous opinions about uh, WrestleMania entrances. We did hear from Brian Fury this past Monday on the NAI Network edition. The WrestleMania Summit with his opinions on entrances and everything else on the WrestleMania show. So go back and listen to that. And uh, thank you, as always, Brian Fury, for listening, even though you have uh, terrible opinions most of the time. Thank you for listening and for uh, calling in. And once again, padding your appearance numbers, trying to shove Mike Mills down to number two on the uh, (laughs) most appearances on the wrestling podcast about nothing. Uh, Let's go on to our next voicemail, Brian. Hey guys, it's Randall at Randall Keo on Twitter. I got a story. When I was waiting for Chaotic Wrestling to start one day in Newburn, I was behind an elderly gentleman with a kid, and I said to him, he asked me if the show was good. I said, yeah. I said, except when they host the Cub Scouts, because usually they take up one side of the uh, of the building. I said, is this your first time? The guy looks at me, he goes, yeah, we're with the Cub Scouts. All I could think to myself was, shit, there's still 45 minutes before the show starts, and I got to stand in line with this guy. Hope you guys have a good one, and uh, keep up the great work. Bye. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, the Cub Scouts is a good story. Thank you, Randall. Randall, Kiel. not a fan of the Cub Scouts. <laughs> that might be the leader right now, Mike. <laughs> Once a year, they, um, the Chaotic Wrestling hosts the Cub Scouts uh, at one of the uh, Chaotic Wrestling shows. In uh, in Woburn, and yeah, they do take up a lot of room. There's like, I don't know how many, 60, 70 kids and stuff like that. It makes for a great atmosphere for the show. But I guess uh, for the other regulars, maybe they're, uh, they get a little miffed 
by all, with all the kids. Yeah, remember when all the Cubs Scouts were cheering for Ryan Bisbal? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> he was the biggest baby face in the world. Yeah, yeah that's what I said. Dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> so yes thank you very much uh great story randall and you are definitely in the running for the curtain jerker wpan t-shirt and if you leave us the most interesting or entertaining voicemail before april 17th you could win the t-shirt you know, you know, you know who's not in the running who's that brian fury (laughs) i think he's disqualified from this contest (laughs) maybe maybe uh we'll have to check the the the, uh the bylaws set forth by the new agents thank you (laughs) you can get that wpan t-shirt courtesy of me i guess and prowrestlingtees.com so call 401-584-9726 that's 401-584-wpan leave a question an insult a rant anything you think we'll love and get in on that free WPAN swag. And of course... How are you liking yours, Mike? I haven't put it on yet, but it's lovely. Thank you very much. It's a soft one, too. Are you going to spring for the soft one? You have it. Isn't that what I have? Well, no. I'm talking about for the contest winner. Are you going to spring for the soft one? Uh, We'll we'll have to see. see. Oh, you're cheaping out, huh? If it's it's John Morse, maybe. (laughs) I'm sure you'll (laughs) cook the books. All right, so let's run through some... uh, Tweets here, Brian. Uh, the way to participate on Merv Griffin Time is using our hashtag on Twitter, hashtag WPAN. Let's uh, talk about uh, last week's podcast here. Uh, continue on what Brian Fury was talking about, the best WrestleMania entrances. Ant, uh, at Rant with Ant, our uh, compatriot over there on the New Age Insiders Network, he says, I'm biased. Undertaker at WrestleMania 29 is his favorite since he was there. At the James Lethal also says Rusev dro- driving in. He says, Russo drove in on a fucking tank. There's no discussion <laughs> to be had here. <laughs> uh, Jay Sandlin, he is at Jay Sandlin Writer, he says, for me, it'll always be Undertaker at WrestleMania 26, just because I knew it would be the last match for him or HBK. Uh, our friend Glenn Abbott at GA WrestleNut, he says his favorite is The Undertaker at WrestleMania 7, because it was the first of many spine-tiggling entrances. And a couple other things from last Thursday. TK at T-Hog94, the executive producer of the wrestling podcast about <laughs> nothing, says, uh, so you think that at Mike 504 Saints and Cornette are a perfect match. I wonder if Mike hides under Jim's bed every night. <laughs> I would not be surprised. <laughs> I would not be surprised. It's Mike, the Mike, that's Crockett saying that. So if you're going to do some Twitter hate because of that comment, send it to the right person. <laughs> Speaking of Mike, at Mike504Saints, he says, The WPAN wanted my opinion to my entrances. Triple H entrances are garbage. It's Hollywood sports entertainment hokey horse crap. Oh, Brian. Well, last time I checked, pro wrestling was entertainment. he also says his top three entrances are uh number three rusev on the tank number two sasha and snoop and number one michaels on the zip line and undertaker at wrestlemania 20 and of course he says worst thing anything triple h does all right (laughs) monday stuff let's go here at pw amateur says listening to the wpan in class and just burst into laughter the big news from mania Neville retained. 
<laughs> that is your line, Brian. Yes. He, he says, I love the podcast, guys. Thank you very much. PWA. Uh, Max Silver has uh, checked in a number of times with us. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, he says, really good post-show podcast. Sometimes the mic was way down, which is hard to hear. Thank you. Sorry about that, Max. Uh, I really appreciate you uh, listening through it. And he said, at least your mania didn't end at 5.10 a.m., <laughs> because he is over in the UK. So, uh, yes, you uh, get a gold star. Let's give him the gold star for uh, staying up till 5.10 to uh, watch WrestleMania last weekend. Yeah, the uh, length of WrestleMania was just asinine. <laughs> it, was, uh, it, was a long, it was a long day. BM Punk said something about how uh, he is at Brandon Mac NAI. He says that uh, Scott Steiner is a national treasure, basically. <laughs> Which he a, is. a global icon and a national treasure? <laughs> He's something like that, yes. He was our uh, promo about nothing this past Monday on the WrestleMania Summit episode. Uh, Maddie Wilson, at Wilson underscore Maddie, says the WPAN pay-per-view summits with Scotty Slade, Julian Starr, and Brian Fury on the New Age Insiders are the best thing ever. Much appreciated, <laughs> sir. Uh, Big Bad Harmon. Uh, you've spoken to him in person before, Brian. He is yes. from the main event podcast. That's M-A-I-N-E, as in the state. He is at Harmon316. He says, I listened to the Summit episode. I love Brian Fury's exuberance and Brian Malonis wanting to go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> it came across that badly. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, also. <laughs> Uh, the, the game, Rubber 8, Brian, he's back at Rubber R. Rumsey. He says, as a Triple H mark, I love the Rollins match, but do you think Hunter is helping to put younger guys over? I do, yeah. I mean, I think traditionally you would have an established guy work with a younger guy and put them over. That's kind of been a thing in pro wrestling. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember seeing Ric Flair do this, you know, at the end of his NWA and WCW run, uh, just putting guys over every year. The only guy he's gone over on in recent memory at WrestleMania was Sting, who was older than him. Uh, and I think got Tarzan to never watch wrestling again. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, they used him to put over Seth Rollins this year, Roman Reigns last year, three years ago, Daniel Bryan. I don't know. That seems pretty damn good to me. That seems like somebody uh, looking to do business and somebody that looks to care about the future of of that company. So uh, I know certain people, <coughs> Mike Mills, <coughs> have access to grind for some inexplicable reason with Triple H. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, I could see getting upset if he's coming into WrestleMania and just beating these guys, but He's not. He's putting them over, and then they go on to do – well, unfortunately, Daniel Bryan's run was, was cut short due to injury, but, you know, Roman Reigns obviously has gone on to um, – I mean, love him or hate him, he's, you know, he's the most over guy in pro wrestling, um, and, um, you know, I think big things obviously will continue for Seth Rollins. And I think I'm looking this up here. I believe Triple H's record at WrestleMania is 3-9. and nine. Yeah, it's got to be horrible. He's lost three times to The Undertaker. He's lost those three matches we just talked about. Uh, he lost at 20. Um, so He lost to Batista. He put Batista over. Yeah, he's put a lot of guys over. Uh, 
Ric Flair's put a lot of guys over too, Brian. But uh, you know, that's how he got those sixteen world championships by by losing sixteen times. He always so, got it back though, didn't he? <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, he did. Okay, <laughs> one more. We'll just get out there real quick, Brian. Brad Hollister, Big Bacon. He is at B underscore Rad Hollister. He says, when will the people get the Big Bacon episode? Hashtag Bacon for Business. When will they, Mike? You're the boss around here. I'm the boss? Yes. You dictate the schedule. One of the most recent members of the Heal Laugh Hall of Fame will have to get Brad Hollister on before long. He's competing We'll have in to the- put him on a BDA episode because he's in, in the Heal Laugh Hall of Fame. That's a good point, and he is competing in the Iron 8 this year in NECW, so uh, maybe we'll talk about that with him. We'll have to figure that out, Brian. But, of course, we love uh, Brad Hollister. He's a big supporter of us, and thank you very much. Big Bacon for all you do for us, and, uh, yeah, we'll have to give a little love back and have him on the show very soon. We'll have, Yeah, as you said, we'll have him on the BDA bonus podcast right here. So... Thank you to everyone who's a part of River Griffin Time this week. We look forward to talking to you on Twitter, and we'll bring you the best of it next week on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing on BDARadio.com. And we were talking about Mike Mills earlier. Of course, his podcast is Booking the Territory. They have the Smokemon episodes every Sunday. They have the regular episodes on Thursday where they're talking about WCW, the old World Championship Wrestling show, the 605 show from uh, the 80s. They're talking about that on Thursdays. So look up Booking the Territory everywhere you get your podcasts. Our friends checking the boots, Chip K. Fabe, Tony S. Both of them were down in Orlando last week. I'm sure they're going to have plenty to say this weekend on the show. Look for them on Sundays. And you can find them iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget about the Hurricane Round podcast with our friend Eric Tolley. They do Facebook Live every Wednesday night. And you can find them also wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, Brian, before we get out of here, on this BDA bonus podcast, we have made the effort to establish a very unique, very exclusive Hall of Fame. Now, in life, as in wrestling, the number one way to tell people that you're up to no good is through laughter. I hearken back to the immortal words of one Tarzan Taylor. All it takes is that one over-exaggerated guffaw to let everyone know you're pure evil. So with that said, I'm humbly submitting this week's inductee to the wrestling podcast about nothings, Heel Laugh Hall of Fame. Our partner is going to shock the world because he is none other than the Shock Master! The Shock Master! (laughs) I told you. Oh, God. I don't care who you are, boy! I don't give a damn who you are! You're gonna have us! You're gonna have Van Vader! And we're gonna be breathing through your neck! So you're the man that rules the world. They call me the Shockmaster. You've ruled the world long enough, Sid Vicious. Get ready. Come on, you want a piece of me? You want a piece of me? Come and get me. Come after me, Sid. I'm ready. Along with Davy Boy, 
sting and dusty roads. We'll see you at the fall brawl at the war games. Until then. <laughs> All right, Brian. So I took a little creative license here because <laughs> the Shockmaster, I believe, was supposed to be a babyface in this situation. I mean, he was with Sting and the British Bulldog, but I mean, you can't mistake it. That right there at the end, that is a heel laugh if there ever was one. So who, who's going in, though? Who, who, who's the actual inductee? Because the, the voice wasn't the man under the mask. Well, it, the Shockmaster's going in. Okay. I, mean, I could put in Ole Anderson, I guess, but uh, no, we're putting in the character, the shock master. And as I said, uh, not necessarily a heel, but unmistakably, inexplicably, maybe I should say, that is a heel laugh. <laughs> why Why he does that laugh, I, I'm not quite sure, but uh, he's... Why is he in a Star Wars, Star Sparkly Star Wars mask? Why is he wearing jeans with it? Uh, why do they have to break through a wall that they forgot to cut through the bottom of it? Uh, there's lots of questions here. Why is Davy Boy Smith's back to the camera <laughs> and blocking Sting as he's making the announcement? Yeah, it's 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 like one of those. It's like you know, after the JFK assassination, all the conspiracy theories started. It's like, did they set this thing up to fail? Because looking at it in hindsight, it looks like it was set up to fail. I'm they swear that it wasn't. Dusty Rhodes swore that this is this is the plan going in, but just yeah, this sparkly helmet. The I mean, even if you made it through the wall, him jumping through a wall, what was that supposed to do? And the the furry jacket, it just looked like it was destined to fail, and fail it did in spectacular fashion. And uh, <laughs> they we were all laughing, not just the Shockmaster. After this one, he caused laughter all over the world. <laughs> the action figure of him is is tremendous that they have now. Yes, he's upside uh, where down. It's upside yeah. down in the package. And <laughs> uh, uh, I think that uh, we we can make an exception here to put this baby face in the heel laugh Hall of Fame. Brian, do you agree? I agree, Mike. I, th- I think the Shockmaster is certainly put it this way. He's not getting in any other Hall of Fame. So, <laughs> so check out this Hall of Fame inductee in all his glory. Just find the link to the video in the description of this episode, or go to the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing page on bdaradio.com. Okay, Brian, you're packing your bags, getting ready to hit those highways and those byways this weekend for the whole pro wrestling thing you're doing. One more time, where are you headed this week? Because you barely got it out on Monday. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'm heading to Woburn on Friday night for Chaotic Wrestling. No clue what I'm doing. I don't think they've even officially advertised me yet, but the hell with it, I'm telling the world. And if they get pissed off over my confusion of what I'm doing, then too bad. <laughs> and Saturday night, no confusion. I'm heading to Pioneer Valley Pro Wrestling and uh, taking on Wrecking Ball, Ligurski, and Hadley, Massachusetts. I think I've beaten this fool enough times, but apparently they want to see it one more time, so I'm going to go kick his ass on Saturday night. Buy my t-shirts and 8x10s this weekend. <laughs> All right, so if you want to book the Kingpin, email brianmalonis at comcast.net or DM him on Twitter at brianmalonis. For more on the wrestling podcast about nothing and to check out BDA Radio's MMA podcast, A Man Walks Into an Armbar with Chad Alden and Paul St. Jr., head on over to your home for MMA and wrestling talk, 
BDARadio.com. All right, we'll be back next Monday with episode 51 of the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing on the New Age Insiders Network. Then you can catch us back here in a week for the next edition of the WPAN on BDARadio.com and the Podcast Radio Network. Until then, he is the Kingpin Brian Malonis. I'm Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mucko, and thanks for nothing.